And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show, a podcast brought to you by the Livingston Parish News. My name is McHugh David, publisher and editor in the news. Appreciate you guys out there for joining us today. I am in the booth. Uh, we have gotten back or gone to a different format, and I'm I'm not going to talk about it, but this is Around Livingston. That's uh, where we talk about what's going on around Livingston, hence the name. I'm going to let my guest introduce himself. Go ahead, sir. This is David Gray, news writer with the Livingston Parish News. And today we have a couple of things to talk about. We're going to start off with the 60-day moratorium is officially over. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to uh, members of the parish council, it did what it was supposed to do. So take it away. Yeah, that ended uh, very quietly last week in contrast to how, uh, I guess, it began loudly. That uh, moratorium, that was something that people have been kind of, uh, citizens have been wanting for some time now, especially this year, 2022, with there was uh, three big developments in Livingston Parish that have gotten a lot of attention. That was Sweetwater and Deer Run and uh, them Springs, uh, both on 4-H Club Club Road, and then Valaire, just outside French Settlements. Uh, th- those big subdivisions, uh, the two in Denham is about 25-ish hundred lots, and the one in just outside French Settlements, 700 lots. So you know, a lot of people in those areas that were concerned with the with what that with what those big developments could do to their to their areas and so a lot of a lot of them had pushed for a moratorium for a long time in may it was finally approved uh one councilman had wanted it for a year to begin with but they were able to uh knowing that president Layton ricks would just veto that uh they got it down to 60 days and they could have extended it 30 days but they wanted to basically give themselves a little bit more time to pass some to pass some other ordinances uh regulating development uh, and the council they did that i mean uh the last two months there's been uh, about a dozen or so ordinances that have been passed that have uh specifically for developments uh you know uh, subdivision density drainage requirements detention ponds i mean submittals uh the studies that have to go with with these submittals the process like a bunch of stuff that have to, has to deal with development so they decided that they didn't need the 30 days extra uh so they they didn't even have to take any action on it since it was technically only 60 days they needed to take action if they wanted to extend it another 30 days but they did not want to do that so there we are the moratorium ended it wasn't even first time the last council meeting on uh july 28th that was that was not only the shortest council meeting I've ever been to, it was about 30 minutes long. It was the first time that the words development, moratorium, subdivision, that none of those words came up. So uh, so I'm not saying that the issue has gone away. we got a planning commission meeting later tonight that has Valera back on the agenda for the fourth straight month. So it will come back, but uh, for the moment, it at least died down a bit. Like I said, it's not going anywhere. Citizens are still, there's still some other things that citizens want to see done, but for the moment, at least it has calmed down a little bit more so than it's been for the last, I guess, what, three or four months, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the talks of development and zoning have been, you know, you zoning. Go, yeah. Longer than that. You so. can go back into the fifties and sixties and see articles about those things, uh, in the paper. It's quite fascinating. Uh, so it, you know, it's fun. Uh, for some people it's not, you know, for some people it's very personal. A lot of times these developments come near them, but Again, interesting to see that, you know, yeah, for the probably the first time in about five or six years, this is not, you've had a meeting where there was no controversy. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, there was about, there was more councilmen than people in the audience at the last meeting. 
Wow. So, yeah. Um, and was one absent? Yes, one was absent, and one councilman was absent. So, there you go. Um, so, yeah, it was just, uh, but like I said, I with the planning commission meetings tonight, and, you know, depending on that, Valer might go back before the council at its next meeting, uh, first meeting in August. I doubt it'll be as, uh, I guess, calm as the last meeting was. But, you know, we'll see. We shall see. Uh, so moving on to uh, a few other uh, things of note. For, uh, let's, let's go on to some good news, uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, John and Michelle Cavalier have owned uh, Cavalier House Books right there on the corner of Railroad and Range Avenue for 15 years? Uh, 13. 13, yes, there at that location, yes. 13 years, and they've made a big leap forward big uh, leap. With, with their business. Uh, well, I'm going to let you yes. expose the surprise. Yeah, no, um, well, they exposed the surprise themselves when they posted it on uh, their Facebook page. But uh, John and Michelle Cavalier, like you said, they've owned, they've operated out of that bookstore for the last 13 years. And they actually started Cavalier House Books inside their home in 2005, so a little bit before that. They have bought the uh, Crowder Antiques building, which has been, I believe it's been on sale. I remember seeing that. It's been on sale for some time now. I don't know how many months, but several months for sure. And Crowder Antiques building, that was the, what, the, the, what used to be the Brown Hotel and Cafe, which is actually on the National Register of Historic Places, one of only a dozen places that lives in Paris on that list. So they have, uh, they have a, a place with a lot of history for, their, for a bookstore, which seems kind of fitting in a way, or at least it did to me. And I know that uh, I spoke with John on the phone the day after, or the day that they made the sale public. And they, their current space is 1,500 square feet, I believe. And the new space is two floors, even though they only operate on the bottom floor, or that's where they'll have their books and uh, showroom, I guess you could say, on the bottom floor. And that is 3,000 square feet. So they're going to double their size. And then they're also, you know, they're going to have the upstairs. He said they'll probably use that for storage, uh, you know, office area, that sort of thing. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, it was just a, just a cool story. And uh, Cavalier House Books, I mean, if you go to any community event in Livingston, Paris, they're usually out there selling books, especially at the library. They do a lot of work with the local library system. They're in a bunch of schools as well. They, they, they provide the books for a good bit of book fairs uh, at, in, in Livingston, Paris schools and uh, schools in the Baton Rouge area. So uh, they, they get out there. So it was cool to see. I can't wait to see what it looks like because, I mean, the thing uh, John said, he wants it to uh, pop whenever you walk in there. So I, he said there's just going to be books everywhere. So And I mean, random note, if you're in the mood for a book, I believe they said they're, everything in their store is 25% off uh, right now because they're trying to get rid of stuff so they, so they don't have to move. So, I mean, you, you know, they'll save money on uh, boxes and moving stuff uh, and people can get a a book at a discounted price. So there you go. There's a little plug for them. <laughs> You're welcome, John. Uh, so a uh, bit of good news there because yes, that building has been empty and for sale for quite a while. Uh, it, it formerly Crowder's and Crowder's antiques. And of course, before that it was the Brown hotel and cafe. So a lot of uh, historical relevance there. And like you, I mean, that was the first thing I texted him after I said, congratulations was, I can't wait to see what y'all do with it. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I know there have been a lot of uh, lot of suggestions, uh, so it's going to be interesting. I think uh, they had a movie night uh, with their staff, the uh, staff and families uh, inside the 
the building the day that they made the sale public. They decided to have a random movie night with everyone. So yeah, that uh, was cool to uh, hear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They watched uh, A Knight's Tale. That's right. Yes, yeah. yes. I saw Heath Ledger on their picture. I was like, oh, miss yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, uh, it's kind of interesting too because a lot of people, uh, you know, talk about that movie and missing him, but. You know, most people are used to Paul Bettany and, and MCU roles, but that's where I was introduced to him, walking yeah. walking up in the nude. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Mr. William Chaucer himself. Now he's Vision. Yes, right. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a 180. Yeah. At any rate, moving on uh, with more Livingston Parish news. Uh, unfortunately, the, uh, the run made by uh, a, a lady from Walker uh, mm-hmm. who was on So You Think You Can Dance has come to an end. Uh, but I think she learned a lot. Uh, she seemed rather positive about it. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, Raylan Johnson on the July 27th, yeah, week from uh, to, uh, last week, well, one week ago today, She uh, her run on So You Think You Dance ended in the top six. Uh, it was kind of a, uh, it was a different format this time. The, uh, each They had six dancers left. They each dancer was a part of two trio performances, so she danced with two others twice, and then they each had a solo performance. Now, during the solo performance, they were randomly paired up, and the audience had to then, after seeing each pair, had to vote between that individual pair. So, uh, three different votes essentially, and she, uh, she, I guess the audience felt that she. They, they they prefer the other one, you know. Uh, you never know what goes on in those votes because you had just uh, peop- a bunch of people voting. But um, yeah, like you said, she seemed very positive about her about her run. Uh, she seemed like she learned a lot, and you know, this was a girl who two months ago was graduating high school. So uh, I mean, pretty remarkable to be on her graduation stage two months ago and then you know last week on a national stage on national television so uh will actually be sitting down with her this weekend she is doing a she's teaching some classes at on a moving dance company where she where she uh, where she's been a student at since she was a child uh or she's going to be leading a couple classes so we're gonna i'm gonna be able to sit down with her and you know just talk about her because i've she's I've talked to other people. She's the one person I haven't spoken to yet about Raylan Johnson. I've talked to, you know, half a dozen other people about Raylan Johnson, but I have not once spoken to Raylan Johnson except for a few minutes whenever we set up the interview the other day. So that story will be coming out soon. But, yeah, I'm interested to hear what it was like for her, you know, being on that stage and some of the moves that she did. Uh, me and my fiance are just like cringing every time because you just never, you know, it's kind of like watching gymnastics where you just feel like they're just going to, bust every move because you can't picture yourself doing that <laughs> seeing the stuff she was doing it just blows your mind the, the the athleticism and strength it takes to do some of those things oh um, yeah. yeah people underestimate how much strength and training goes into being a dancer of that caliber uh so yeah i'm looking forward to talking to her and hearing what she has to say well and again you said you'll be doing that this weekend uh, coming up uh, towards the end of the show here, I uh, do want to plug real quick before we get into the last story, uh, two things. One, not long after this, you'll be sitting down with Superintendent Joe Murphy to mm-hmm. talk about start a school. Uh, it should be interesting. You'll be taking my seat yes. as you have been lately. I won't I, be on camera. Big, Yeah, there you go. Uh, big shout out to David for jumping in on on uh, on these podcasts from the interview standpoint. 
I am slowly but steadily moving out of the news coverage, so it's a good thing for him to be sitting over here. He knows the questions better than I do. Also, I got to sit down with uh, Jim Chapman and Woody Overton last week, and uh, that print story came out this week as well. Uh, we did a podcast interview about a new series they have coming out called Bloody Angola. Uh, very interesting. Uh, they're going to be talking about a lot of things you probably have just never heard before, firsthand accounts, uh, interviews with people who have worked there, uh, that sorts of th- those sorts of things, uh, pieces of history that may not have made it into uh, your typical high school high school history book. I was blown away when they talked about interviewing the physician who tended death row inmates at uh, Angola. That was, and I didn't tease that because he said that on your po- on the podcast. Right. So that wasn't me, uh, you know, scooping him or anything. So he he said that publicly, but that was the one that when that when that podcast episode comes out i definitely would want to tune into that one because i just think you would hear some crazy stories yeah it it really it really sounds like a very interesting uh series and they're hoping to do a season two uh they are looking to see how season one goes of course uh well so far yeah yeah uh first episode drop was number five i reached to number five five. they posted on their uh, page one spot ahead of a podcast with katie keurig so (laughs) yeah they did a pretty good job yeah Uh, i think last i saw was number 19 when i checked uh yesterday but i mean still i mean for a brand new podcast i mean that's pretty a brand new podcast uh probably anything in the top 100 is remarkable yeah so congratulations to those two gentlemen of course you can go to our website www.livingstonparishnews.com backslash podcast or our youtube page or our facebook page to go check that out and of course Story written by David Gray in this Thursday's paper on the series. That is also online. Last but certainly not least, let's talk about the Chamber. Uh, I believe that was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, held a legislative wrap-up event at Holy Ground Coffee in Walker. Um, not every uh, representative was able to make it, but the slate did include uh, Speaker of the House Clay Schecksneider, uh, Representative Valley, Valerie Hodges from the Watson area, Representative Buddy Mincy from the Denham area, and then State Senator Rogers Pope. So give us a brief overview on what those folks had to say. Yeah, I mean, it was just uh, basically just touching on the uh, 2022 legislative session, just some of the uh, wins that they had. Uh, Mr. Sheck Snyder, he kind of stuck with the uh, manufacturing bills uh, and uh, bi- uh, basically business wins. That, that was kind of his focus. Uh, and he you know, talked about one thing that, you know, stood out to me was he uh, said that this session invests more money into road, transportation, drainage, education, any other one. That was something that stood out. Uh, Ms. Hodges, Hodges, God, uh, getting tug twisted there. Ms. Valerie Hodges, she spoke about redistricting. She was on the committee for that. Uh, she kind of explained some of that, some of that process. And uh, there has been a, you know, there was a big fight with that, with, uh, with some people, with, with the good Good bit of people wanting a second minority uh, congressional district in Louisiana, but the Supreme Court uh, voted or ruled that the congressional maps that the session made uh, that they were able to stay intact for this election. She also talked about something uh, I didn't realize she was she was on the committee for the Baton Rouge Metro Airport, and uh, so she talked about she gave a little plug for that. But uh, Mr. Mincy, he he spoke a good bit on uh local infrastructure that was kind of his focus uh on in many different areas uh drainage and flooding he spoke about that broadband he spoke about that and they actually got a big announcement last week uh that Livingston parish will be one of five parishes that will have a pilot program 
for a digital literacy pro uh, digital literacy program. They're one of five parishes that were selected in the state, and this is just going with the with the with the office of I can't remember all these uh, different entities have long names, uh, but basically the state is trying to improve broadband access, make it more accessible, affordable, and to improve people's knowledge of how to use that. And the digital literacy component is what this pilot program is going to be focused on. Uh, and I've, I've spoke with library officials because that's it's going to be through the library system. So whenever that we hear back how that's going to be, how they're going to implement that program. We'll definitely have a story on that. Uh, and then they just all took a short Q and A after afterwards. But yeah, this is something they do uh, try to do regularly. The chamber of commerce just to give uh, well community members, business leaders an update on just what happened in the previous session. And next week we'll have parish pre that's next. Yeah. A week from today when uh, parish president Layton Ricks will make his annual state of the parish address. So we'll have that story too next week. Yeah, that'll be on Wednesday also, hosted by the Chamber. All righty, sir. Well, if you will take a minute to introduce yourself, we'll wrap it up here. Hey, this is David Gray, news writer with the Livingston Parish News. And my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Appreciate you guys out there for joining us for the Livingston Parish News Weekly Show. This is Around Livingston, where I sit down with Mr. Gray. And we talk about news, politics, and uh, some of the lifestyle things going on in the parish. Uh, Mr. Rob DeArman, we will not be having a podcast with him this week that's uh, titled From the Cheap Seats, which is what sports journalists call their job uh, because, you know, they get to go to every game, right? They don't have to pay the way like the rest of us do. But anyway, uh, Mr. Rob is is uh, is out on leave at the moment, but we will be kicking back off with him and literally kicking off because next week yep, that's school what starts say. and football starts and all sorts of fun things. He'll get plenty of talking soon. <laughs> yes. So we will see him next week. We appreciate you guys out there for joining us. Please remember the news is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. We are once a week in print on Thursdays at $7 a month to get that in your mailbox. We're also online, www.livingstonparishnews.com. We appreciate you joining us for the show, and we'll see you next time.